Mike, what are we talking about on today's episode of Moving the Goalposts? Today we continue our NFL division previews, this time with the AFC North and the AFC South at the table. And there's a new Cape Crusader movie coming, so uh, we're going to talk about the first trailer in preparation for The Batman. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, review, and tell a friend. Moving the goalposts wherever you listen. It's just a public service announcement. Sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, oh, H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Moving the Goalposts, New England's number one sports podcast for anyone that still cuts the crust off their peanut butter and jelly. My name is Nick Mara, and I am joined by my co-host, Mike Masala. Mike, how are you now? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? <laughs> Not so bad. You can check out our social media profiles on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at NickMara94. Mike, where can the listeners reach you? You can find me on Twitter, Mike underscore Masala, and on Instagram, Mike Masala NFL. Be sure to follow along with us on our Moving the Goal Post social media, too. They can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Moving the Posts. Oh, he broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. Wow! All right, Mike, last week we decided to take a look at the uh, NFC East and the NFC West in our division previews. This week we're going to talk about the American Football Conference, which, why is it called the American Football Conference and the National Football Conference? Like, I understand it used to be the National Football League and the American Football League, but that whole, like, American versus National League conference stuff never made any sense to me. Yeah, it's... um. I guess maybe because like East and West would like you couldn't switch switch divisions or conferences or something if you were I I honestly don't know I'm I don't know literally like throwing that. stuff at a wall I don't know but we're gonna talk about the AFC North and the AFC South today um, we could start off talking about the AFC North last year obviously the division was won by the Baltimore Ravens they finished off with the uh, the number one seed in the in the AFC uh, had an MVP season from their quarterback Lamar Jackson. Had a defense that uh, really was, was impressive. Um, glad that we're actually recording today because there's been some news on that defense that's released within the last couple of hours that we'll be able to talk about for a more updated uh, mm-hmm. view on this team. Um, and then you obviously you had the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, lost Ben Roethlisberger, had a pretty tough year. Cleveland, disappointing year as well. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, Worst team in football, had the number one overall pick. They were able to draft Joe Burrow, the quarterback out of LSU. And that's actually it's where I want to start things off is with the Cincinnati Bengals and their number one overall pick. Uh, what are you thinking about them for this this year? Um, obviously, Joe Burrow is going to be an upgrade from whatever you threw out there last year, whether it be Andy Dalton or uh, who was the other quarterback they even threw out there last year? Oh, um, that's a good question. I totally forget. Was it Ryan Finley played last year? I don't think so. It was Dalton and it Jeff was... Jeff Driscoll? A, was that it? Driscoll sounds familiar. I think it was a rookie, though. One second. Uh, Holy cow. Who else even played? But that's the thing. I mean, Dalton's been their quarterback for so long that in a year where they had very little success, they decided not to go with him. 
So, I mean, it's no question that he ends up signing a, a, a contract as a backup with the, the Dallas Cowboys this offseason. I'm super glad it didn't end up in New England. There were rumors about that happening, which <clears throat> <laughs> whatever Bill's doing right now is, is he's clearly lost his mind. And again, we're, we're going to have to next week. It's, it's, we're going to have to do Patriot specific stuff at some point, but eventually, but, um, but yeah, I, I actually am not a hundred percent sure. Would it have mattered though? I mean, their offense was so bad last year with a quarterback, without a quarterback, they weren't getting into the end zone. I mean, Joe Mixon was probably their, their number one offensive player. And the only reason that he even put up really good stats is because he had a couple of good games, but for the most part, teams could contain him very easily. They just, they don't have anything on offense. Does Joe Burrow help out? Yes, just having the talent there will help out. But again, your your other positions around the team are not necessarily full of talent. Or yes, good. R- well, yeah, yeah, good. Good would be a, a, a better way to say it, maybe. Um, AJ Green's back a year removed from playing football with a with a foot injury the entire season. Tyler Boyd is... I mean, he's a good number two. Good, yeah. Good, not great. Right. A good number two. They drafted T. Higgins, so that will be yep. that'll be a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Like the rest of their offense doesn't really doesn't really do it for me. I, I, I don't know. Like you, eventually, you can only throw so many times to a beat up AJ Green or CJ Uzama tight end. Right. Your your team is just not there yet, and. Joe Burrow definitely helps, but uh, it's going to take a few years for for everything to uh, everything to finally click and go right there. Yeah, no, I think um, I think we're probably both on the same page then, and where Cincinnati's going to finish finish off the season in this division. Um, I I would have them finishing in fourth place once again. Yes, I have them finishing in fourth. I don't have them being as bad as two and fourteen. I no, think. no, definitely not. I think Joe Burrow definitely adds a few wins, maybe somewhere in that five, four, five win range season. I can but certainly I, see that. I don't, I don't see them being as bad as they they were. And uh, now you have Zach Taylor, a former quarterback coach turned head coach, with no real experience, um, with a opportunity to make something with a one of the best college quarterbacks we've seen. Yeah. I mean, he, he had an historic year an historic senior season at LSU. Um, I mean, do you think he has any chances of being a, a final? They don't really do finalists in the same way that a lot of other sports do, but do you think he's going to have a good enough year to be considered one of the better rookies on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily see him going out and lighting up the game, but I don't think he's – I think Joe Burrow's competent enough to be at least a middle-of-the-road quarterback in his first year. Mm. Yeah. I, and, I, again, I don't think the fault of this team comes down on him. I think it comes down on the rest of their team, pretty, pretty much at almost every other position. Yeah, I mean, we talked so much last week about coaching quarterback and – this is a team that has a questionable coach and a questionable quarterback. So more questions than answers, um, but more than likely we'll be finishing at the bottom of the table once again. Right. Um, who do you have as your third place team? So I think this is where we probably start to differ. I have Pittsburgh finishing third. Okay. Why? Uh, ben Roethlisberger coming back. 
I don't necessarily have the most faith in Ben coming back. Um, from what he said, and he, I, we know he loves to discuss his injuries, and Mike yeah. Tomlin loves to talk about the injuries of. I am not going to avoid the elephant in the room. <laughs> we are going to talk about the injuries that have happened. Um, he's going to be out for about a week or so. And the other guy that I talked about, he'll probably be healthy, but I'll have to touch base before the game. So game time decision. <laughs> Any questions? Do you want to talk about the opposite of Bill Belichick? It's Mike yeah, Tomlin. I know. I, um, well, I'll, I'll get into Mike Tomlin later. But from, from all, everything we've heard with Ben Roethlisberger is that, like, Nobody has ever gone through the surgery that he that he went through. That's what he's saying. I don't I don't even know what it is that's wrong with him. I don't think that he's. Uh, I don't think he wants to play football anymore. I think he just doesn't know what to do with his life. To be honest with you, like he just he doesn't seem to me like he's that motivated, top of my field, proud athlete that isn't ready to hang things up. Mm-hmm. I mean, the deviation between someone like him and someone like, I don't know, Jay Cutler towards the end of his career. I mean, Jay Cutler actually came out when he signed with Miami and was like, well, I'm a quarterback. So he signed late in the season in the, in the preseason, I'm a quarterback. So I don't really have to worry about all that cardio and stuff. (laughs) I get it. Your job is to hand the ball off and throw it, but it might be a good idea for you to be in some form of physical shape. That's not round. Like Roethlisberger is probably going to need to, to, to become a little bit more lean. Um, I'll tell you what, the last year I was uh, impressed with how the team played. Um, very impressed with their defense, especially after the acquisition of Minka Fitzpatrick. And I thought that they were going to have a very, very, very substandard year. So when you give up your first round pick to Miami for a maybe cornerback, maybe safety, like hybrid player, I was like, that was stupid. You should have tanked the year and finished with a top five, top three pick. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think they basically acquired their next Troy Polamalu for that defense because him in the backfield and the impact that he had for the Steelers with the amount of plays he was able to make, I think gave them a shot of energy and has made that defense a much more competitive defense but once again, the problems for them are going to be on offense. I have a newfound respect for Mike Tomlin after finding out what an absolute head case Antonio Brown was. I always used to think of him as this cheerleader more than anything because he never said anything that seemed to be football relevant. <laughs> it was a lot of screaming and yelling from the sidelines and, and standing in the way of Jacoby Jones. But, you know, the way that he was able to handle things and, and keep a lot of stuff under wraps and then go, what they finish seven and nine? Uh, last year, I think so. Yeah, I think they finished seven and nine. That's a respectable record. You lose your quarterback. Eight and eight, actually. Sorry. Eight and eight. Yeah. Yeah, because they were in it, not mathematically eliminated until I think week 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. He did a really damn good job. It's going to be the offense, though. Outside of Juju Smith Schuster. I really couldn't tell you anybody that I would classify as a star on offense. And it's at one of the least important positions too. So, uh, And James Conner is good as well. I just, I don't know, like last season, like pretty much all the pressures on him and he kind of, he kind of folded. We well, got um, hurt, right? 
Right. I mean, he he only had 10 games, but even in those 10 games, I think he finished with some like 450 yards or something like that. Yeah. So it's not like he would have had a thousand yard season rushing uh, with, with a full 16 games. But I think you have a lot of, you have a lot of good players around that team. Like you have Eric Ebron that they acquired. Their front seven is, is very strong. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with guys like um, Watt, with guys like T.J. Watt, guys like Bud Dupree. I don't Devin, know why, but I love Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree's want... awesome. He is really good. Devin Bush, Stephon Tuitt, Cameron Hayward. You have all these guys who can do so much um, in their front seven, and then you combine it with Minka in the back end. It's that defense is still scary, even though that they don't really have any cornerbacks to cover anybody. But it doesn't matter if you have to get rid of the ball in one one point five seconds. Exactly. Yeah, but, you don't have yeah. a lot of time to, to to hold on to it and let plays develop. You're you're probably not going to uh, have much success. Right. Exactly. Uh, on offense, uh, you'd be surprised. Then I actually have Pittsburgh finishing as the number three team as well. Oh, that means and, we're buying in on somebody. Well, it's that I'm buying in on them. In that, I, there's no way they could be as bad as they are. There's no, it's not physically possible. When you have, when you have Miles Garrett, it's very good. <laughs> game changer, potential to be a game changer. I still trust in Baker Mayfield. I still think that Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, that's enough as far as pass catching options to get it done. Pretty sure Kareem Hunt's still their backup running back to Nick Chubb. And then, on again, on defense, uh, what's his name? Why am I drawing a blank on the cornerback's name? Uh, Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward. Phenomenal young corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Cleveland. Who's their coach yep. this year? Stefanski, uh, the OC from Minnesota. Okay. Well... He can't I mean, be worse. He can't be worse. That's it. It was the stupidest hire since probably since Ron Renneke. Yeah. It's <laughs> exactly promotion. the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same situation. It kind of was. Yeah, it was a puppet. It was <laughs> it was let's let's get the running back coach to be in charge of the entire team because he's friendly with the quarterback. Dumb. This is a dumb move. They have not, too so, much talent to not be good. So what can you tell me about Stefanski then? Is he going to be able to actually get some of these offensive players to get their heads out of their ass and, and perform to the level that is expected of them? I think what they need is I think they need consistency. There's been so much turnover in Cleveland. I mean, this is this is Baker Mayfield's third third coach in three years. Right. Like that's that is that is not something you want a quarterback going through, especially a first overall pick in their first three years in the, in the NFL. But there's a lot of there's, – there's so much talent on this team. As you already mentioned, all those guys, they acquired Austin Hooper. They, uh, they went out and drafted Harrison Bryant in the draft. They have so much talent on both sides of the ball that they have to be able to do something. And I think bringing in Stefanski, who – their offense wasn't the same – but it was kind of like similarly built where they had a solid tight end and two really good re- receivers mm-hmm. in Minnesota and, and, a, and a really solid running back last year, especially. Um, so now you have Stefanski in, in Cleveland who knows how to kind of work with all of that. And he's arguably he, got a better quarterback too. Right. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, do I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to go out and throw 
what did he throw, like 25 interceptions last year? I don't think he's going to go in that high. I don't know if he's going to go out and do that again. I could see him going like 30 and 15, though. Like, he should, yeah. be, a, he should be a two to one guy. Yeah. Even I, if he's I, a three to two guy, then that's fine. But get to 30 touchdowns and keep it under 20 interceptions. Right. He, he has the ability. He, had, he finished with 21 last year. He was 22 okay. and 21. But, like, you, you need to see more than that. And I think a lot of it, again, is the coaching. And, I mean, Freddie Kitchens, as good of a guy as he could be, he's just not a, he's just not a head coach. He's no, Jim he's, Tom Sula 2.0. He's not. No disrespect to Jim Tom. But <laughs> they, Stefanski, I don't know if he's in over – I don't know if he's going to be in over his head because this is his first, like, real opportunity, I believe. Um, well, but, I mean, you, you would hope not. And this is going to be very interesting because not only is he taking over a team for the first time in his life, but he's taking over a team for the first time in his life under these conditions where having a plan may or may not be the best thing for your organization. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a plan and things change, now what do you do? And if you don't have a plan, then you're just going to kind of fly by the seat of your pants and adapt as things go along. But if you're, expected to come to work and be ready to play and have the system in your you know memory bank or whatever then then yeah you're probably going to have to have some experience with leading a room and managing personalities and just having overall control over a 53-man roster right it it Um, will just it'll be interesting to see him in a new scenario because he's He's been with Minnesota since 2006. This is his, this is the, his first gig outside of outside of the Vikings. Yeah. So, I'm I'm interested to see what happens there. I just think that if you can take the guy who got the best season out of Kirk Cousins, and give him a number one overall pick quarterback, uh, an incredible defense, um, loaded with stars, Odell Beckham, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Austin Hooper down the line, Jarvis Landry, everybody. That should be – they should be able to have m- way more success than they did last year and have – be contending for the division. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, the difference between them and Pittsburgh is, is just – it's talent. It's mm-hmm. talent. One team has coaching. The other one doesn't. One team has talent, and the other one has less talent than the other off of defense. Um, right. We – no question, though. The number one team's got to be Baltimore, though. Oh, yeah. Has to. You have to. Yeah. They – Baltimore, uh, again, we, we hinted at this earlier. Earl Thomas. So you sign a guy, potentially one of the best safeties of the decade, still playing pretty well. He gets in a couple disagreements with some players on your team – Maybe some physicalities thrown in. That, I mean, that happens. It's Julian Edelman's fought yeah. somebody at every at any every training camp since two thousand nine. Yeah. So it, this this stuff happens, and uh, you go and you cut him after you signed him to a four year fifty five million dollar contract last year with thirty two guaranteed. Well, the thirty two guaranteed is definitely what hurts because. He wasn't going to see all four years of that contract. Probably not. He's probably going to make three out of four. And then, 
you know, they would have reevaluated and said, okay, do we want to keep him around? But do we want to keep him around at this number? It doesn't matter. You just cut him a $32 million check for one season because now he's a free agent and he's probably more than willing to sign a veteran minimum somewhere mm-hmm. as long as he's got a chance to win, as long as he's got a chance to compete, as long as he's got it, an opportunity to maybe possibly cover up for some other aging players and prepare a group of players who have yet to establish themselves as NFL players. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking New England. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking New England. <laughs> that, would that would be, be an interesting fit. I think, I mean, what was it last year? No, uh, before he signed with Minnesota that he tweeted at the, about the, about the Cowboys telling them to come get him. So uh, I think Dallas is going to be where he ends up going. Probably. Um, wouldn't which, it be uh, Wouldn't it be something if he signs with the Jets and they replace Jamal Adams with Earl Thomas, with Earl Thomas and then they just piece things together for a couple of years as they spend those draft picks that they got from Seattle? Oh, that would be. Um, he'd would be, be fighting a- for second place for best safety in the division. I don't know if you've heard. Kyle Duggar is the next coming of uh, Ed Reed. <laughs> <laughs> As long as he's on the field. That's fine. Um, Ravens in general, though, other than Earl Thomas, their defense lost some pieces. Thomas being one of them. Josh Bynes, another one who went to Cincinnati. Michael Pierce went to Minnesota. You didn't lose a ton and you added Calais Campbell, <laughs> mm-hmm. Derek Wolf, mm-hmm. Jake Ryan. Mm-hmm. So I would say fun. overall that defense is, should be similar to where it was last year. And I'm pretty sure that Marcus Peters is still on their team as well. Uh, I believe that is correct. Yeah, Marcus Peters, the, the, the strangler, as is, is he was known coming out mm-hmm. of the uh, – was he in Oregon or Baylor or something? He strangled his college coach, and he dropped in the draft to the Kansas City Chiefs. Then he was shipped off to Los Angeles, played in the Super Bowl with Aqib Tlaib, and then somehow ended up in Baltimore last year and gave that team an attitude. And that's, that's really what I like about him is his abilities to, to play on-ball defense. Mm-hmm. That's kind of more like a basketball term, but he's, he's terrific when the ball's thrown his way. I love Marcus Peters. I, I, and the swagger. I like guys in the secondary with swagger. Talk to me. Talk to me. Make me feel as a a receiver because I think most receivers in the league are are mentally weak. Just shut them down immediately. Mm -hmm. Deion Sanders, I never really watched him play. I know for a fact he would have been my favorite player. Yeah. You should have to have that that edge about you. And I wrote something the night that the the Chiefs traded um, Marcus Peters to the Rams. I wrote – that that was the worst trade I think I've ever seen in the NFL. <laughs> and they got two – I think they got two first-round picks out of it. But, like, Marcus Peters is – especially that season, he was – I think he led the league in interceptions his rookie year. He was dominating the league. Yeah. Like, you, you, can't, you can't do that. Marcus Peters is great. You combine him with Marlon Humphrey, and you have Jimmy Smith, who was – a couple years ago, people thought he was an up-and-coming cornerback, and now he's your third guy. And and just look at the rest of their defense all over. Again, they added Derek Wolf, They added Coyas Campbell. They have Brandon Williams. 
Malik Harrison they added from Ohio State this year. Everybody on that on that defense can play football, and they can all do it well. Judon got franchised. All these guys, Patrick Queen, who they drafted from LSU. That defense is going to be scary again. And if their offense can stay healthy, that's that's going to be the biggest question about Lamar throughout his pretty much his entire career. Oh, 100%. That's how, that's how it works with, with uh, mobile quarterbacks. But can I you stay healthy? He's, he's, he's borderline, by the way, on not mobility. He's obviously a mobile quarterback. But I think they want him to throw the ball. When the ball is in his hands and they give him 15 runs a game, mm-hmm. their offense is unstoppable. Until you get to a point in the season where you have to beat a team with different styles. Because when you run into the, the, the juggernaut of the Tennessee Titans, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like Tennessee was good. Tennessee has some players. We'll talk about Tennessee later on. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say Lamar Miller is a fraud. I certainly don't think that he's a fraud. Well-deserving of the MVP. Um, basically brought that team back into not only relevancy and contention, but as a premier team in the league. Mm-hmm. They are, without a doubt, a top three team in the National Football League this year. Right. Um, and they're super fun to watch on top of that. They bring I just, excitement to football. I just I until I see that style of quarterback, and this is going to sound very old school, until I see that style of quarterback have success in the playoffs, and I mean winning championships, I would not necessarily tie myself to a player of that style. Get off my lawn, you kids. Well, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> all right, so Pat Mahomes, right? Pat we'll take Pat Mahomes and we'll take Russell Wilson, mobile quarterbacks, they would destroy Lamar if they had to stay inside the pocket. And maybe you could say Russell Wilson to a lesser extent because he does roll out a lot because he's shorter. Mm-hmm. But his deep ball is a million times better than Jackson's deep ball. Yeah. His accuracy, his decision making. Right. Mahomes, Mahomes can do things on the football field uh, uh, unprecedented. And both of those guys can run. And and just so we're clear, those are the guys we both put one and two, I think, in our conversation earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I those are so. those are like two of your two at least two of your top five quarterbacks in the league, and that's who right. You're well, of course, I'm comparing him to him. I think it's a fair comparison. He was the MVP last year, and he's a mobile quarterback. I they they play very different games. <laughs> they play very different games. Pat Mahomes has been an MVP. Lamar Jackson has been an MVP. Russell Wilson hasn't been an MVP, but he's certainly been close. Very Last close. season he was close. Yes. And I think this year he probably gets it. Um, I think happen. it's absolutely a fair comparison. See, like I think Lamar eventually. Unless you want to, unless you want to compare him to like Josh Allen. Or I Ryan think, Tannehill, we can do that. I think Josh Allen would be a closer comp. Tannehill would be a little bit further. So away, do you, so are you, you think that passer. you think that Josh Allen is a contender for MVP? No. So I how think Lamar, is he a closer comp? Because I think they they have similar play styles. That that's what I'm talking about. I think They're not Josh, accurate. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really what, it, what you're saying. <laughs> pretty much. They're exciting with the ball in their hands. They're 
you know, Allen's a big guy. Jackson's not really a big guy. I think he's like six two or so. Um, but yeah, when they throw, they're more exciting when they have the ball in their hands and they're running around the field than they are when they actually try and make the throws. And I think Jackson's a better thrower than than Allen is. Me too. But Allen's got the big arm. As long as somebody can run underneath the ball, he's going to make a lot of really, really nice looking plays. Mm-hmm. He's also probably going to make a lot of boneheaded decisions, throw the ball up, and it's going to get picked off by your, you know, your center fielder who's playing 30 yards off the line because he knows all Allen's going to do is chuck it up and hope for either a flag or a completion. Right. So, so do you think this is the year that like Lamar Jackson takes a step forward? Like I know he won MVP last year. Yeah. So well, it's yeah, hard I mean, to say take a step forward, but like as a passer, I will. Do, say, do you see that coming from him at all? This is what he needs to do for me. I don't know what his completion percentage was last year. I don't know if maybe you could look it up or not. I'm sure I could. But I always I think of modern starting quarterbacks in the NFL. You have to have a completion percentage to be considered good. North of 63 percent to be considered top 10. North of 65 percent. It's just the way the game is played now. The completions are a hell of a lot easier to get the way that offenses are schemed, route combinations, things like that. I mean, you have guys that are throwing the ball 15 yards off to the side, completing 90% of their passes, and they're only gaining 45 yards at a time. Right. So he's got to have his completion percentage at least 63, hopefully north of 65%. That's number one. Number two, win a playoff game. You do those two things, then yeah, you've moved on to that next step. You still haven't won a Super Bowl, so you still have to be considered behind Wilson and Mahomes, but you are certainly on that next tier Mm -hmm. just after those guys. Okay, so I looked it up. What do you think his uh, completion percentage was at last year? I'm going to say it was like 68%. 66. Okay, so north of 65. Yeah. How many yards did he throw for? Uh only 3,100, which is not a lot for someone who played pretty much the entire season. No, but then he ran for over 1,000. So Right, he ran for over 1,200. You take someone like Drew Brees, who's probably going to throw for like 4,500 yards. Lamar Jackson could easily combine for over 4,500 yards with his arm and his leg combined. Right. And, and I think what's important here is that he doesn't really turn the ball over all that often. Like, especially when he's passing, like his mistakes don't result in result in like game changing plays. Right. He finished last season with six interceptions. It's pretty good. It's pretty good for a guy who when you think about it is like you don't consider him a passer at all. So for him to go thirty six touchdowns, six interceptions. Well I think that's unfair to, to say that he don't consider he's not Tim Tebow. Like Tim Tebow was not a passer. Right. Mike Vick in the first half of his career I would say was was not a passer. He was electric. He was dynamite. But he became evident more of a passer mm. in Philadelphia and then with the Jets and the Steelers and whoever else he played with. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, Jackson can throw the ball. It's just not the number one most effective way of him being, like, a threat on offense. Right. So. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, this whole, this whole offense is kind of gimmicky, but it works. And I mean, you saw it work last year, the entire season with, I mean, they have talent. They have a ton of talent. Mark Ingram, they drafted J.K. Dobbins this year. You run it back with Marquise Brown. 
Willie Sneed's your three, and I love I love Willie Sneed. No one has ever said that in the history of the world, but I'm a huge Willie Sneed fan. Yeah, I like Willie Sneed. Mark Andrews had an incredible yep. year last year. Um, he's back again. I, they have a ton of talent there too, and as much as people in New England don't like Harbaugh, I think he's pretty damn good. No, coach. I like Harbaugh. I, I like Harbaugh. I respect Harbaugh. Harbaugh, he's got a head on his shoulders. He's mm-hmm. a special teams guy. He, he understands that there's three phases to the game. Offense, right. defense, special teams. Mm-hmm. But the entire AFC North, we agree on. We have Cincinnati finishing in fourth. We have Pittsburgh finishing in third. Cleveland's able to sneak in number two. And then Baltimore wins the division. Uh, how many playoff teams do you have coming out of this division? I think I only have one coming yeah. out of this division. Yeah, me too. I, I think Cleveland improves, but they still probably miss the playoffs uh, just because I think there are stronger divisions in the AFC, one of which we will be getting to next. Hill is on the sideline. Direct snap. Henry, jump pass. Oh, trickery. Corey Davis, touchdown, Tennessee. The razzle-dazzle for the Titans. All right, so AFC North, we're done. AFC South. Uh, big surprise last year. AFC South, Tennessee Titans making some noise as a wildcard team. Houston Texans also making some noise uh, by eliminating Buffalo again. So, Buffalo, you have gone, what is it now, like 23 years without a playoff victory? Pretty much my entire life. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> um <laughs> But then they also have the uh, the Indianapolis Colts, who last year had to deal with the the shock of Andrew Luck retiring in the preseason and not really knowing what to do at quarterback. They they certainly have a quarterback now, which we'll get into. And then uh, the the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. I think we can just kind of cut to the chase. Is Trevor Lawrence a Jacksonville Jaguar in the year twenty twenty one? I really, would. I would I would almost guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's I'd say it's too bad because Jacksonville was a really good team in 2017. I don't think that they were fraudulent, you know, AFC finalists as the Colts would call themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh great defense. They lost all their playmakers on defense. Blake Bortles was a competent quarterback. He is no longer a competent quarterback. You were able to acquire Nick Foles who then got hurt, and then you replaced him with Gardner Minshew, whom people love because he has a mustache. <laughs> yeah, I think it's either going to be, you know, Trevor Lawrence or the kid from Ohio State, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Justin Fields. Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields. Uh, they're going to go quarterback. They're going to suck enough to finish with a, a top three pick, and if they have to move from third to second or second to first to get the guy that they absolutely want, they're going to go after him. Because that's what they need. They need a quarterback. They need to start over. They are probably not going to be in Jacksonville for much longer, the way that their owner talks about Great Britain all the time. But I digress because I don't think that we should really spend a whole lot of time on them because a franchise, as a franchise, they don't matter. Right. There's, Jacksonville finishes in fourth. I have Jacksonville in fourth as well. Um, everybody was all aboard the Gardner Minshew hype train. I still don't think he's all that good. It's just, again, the mustache and the grit. That's all people love about him. Um, Fournette has been very disappointing. Disappointing. I still think he's good, though. But, uh, yeah, I, I still think he could be something, but he's been disappointing so far in his NFL career. Um, I mean, their receivers, like DJ Chark came on last year. I like Chark. I like him a lot. 
but the rest of them, like, eh, like D.D. Westbrook, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's, like, a decent number three, like Ke- Keelan Cole, uh, number three and number four, Chris Conley. They drafted LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. Who? LaVisca Chenault. Say it again. LaVisca. 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 L-A-V-I-S-H-K-A. LaVisca. Chenault Jr. He's got yeah, he's got to be Jewish. <laughs> LaVisca Chenault, Colorado. Um, six foot one. Second Is round he pick. white? He is not white. He could still be Jewish. He still could be. Um, he is apparently an athletic freak. Um, I think he had injuries that ended his college career. Um, and he was, I think he was injured going into the draft process, but uh, a lot of people were, were high on him. Um, and on their defense, like you said, they, they lost a lot of good, good, valuable pieces. And yes, you still have your, your Josh Allen that you had, that you drafted last year. He's been pretty good for them. Um, you still have Miles Jack, but other than that, you're banking on this year's pick, C.J. Henderson, and that that's really it. So you have three or four playmakers on defense. Your offense is lackluster. You don't really have a quarterback. Your coach is kind of buffoonish. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to look for the word to say. He's a good coach, though. Like offensive line, he's a phenomenal coach. I I think he's just not a good head coach. He got he lightning in a bottle. Right. He got lightning in a bottle in 2017. Right. I yeah, I just I think he's not a good head coach. They their their one year of success, Blake Bortles played very well that year and that was and you had an incredible defense. Incredible that's, defense. That's pretty much what you got from it. Well, who do you have finishing in third place then? So I've gone back and forth on this. And I'm not exactly sure who I mean, I think all three of these top three positions in this division could all be within a game or two of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, I have Indianapolis finishing third. Okay. Um, as I've mentioned, I'm not the biggest Philip Rivers fan in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, now, why is that? I just think he... Because we haven't really uncovered it yet. I think he's had a lot of good teams, and he's never been able to get over the hump. The best team he had, Do you, would you say that was 2006? Roughly, yeah, 2006, 2007, right in there. Because okay. in 2007, he made it to the AFC Championship game. Right. And he, and he lost. On a torn ACL. Bad luck. Some he, people get look, injured. I mean, he lo- uh, absolutely, and we said this about Carson once last week. <laughs> right? So you got to win the games. Hurt, injured, you got to win the games. You win, nobody can say anything. Um, Philip Rivers is certainly not a traditional Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm-hmm. The guy needs a Super Bowl appearance. He gets a Super Bowl appearance, you'll hear zero complaints from me about being a Hall of Famer. Doesn't even need to win it because Dan Marino didn't win it. I know you can say different eras because the 80s and the 2000s are completely different. Um, But Dan Marino didn't win a Super Bowl and he put up crazy numbers. Philip Rivers has put up crazy numbers over the course of his career. And he's played a lot. The most underrated stat in all of sports. Games played. He's second on the list. I'm pretty sure he's second on the list of 
most consecutive career starts. If he plays all 16 games, I think I was told that he will be four games behind Brett Favre or something like that. It's probably a lie. But he's a durable quarterback that puts up numbers, that will occasionally make the wrong decision. But for the most part, is not going to be the reason that you lose games. For the most part. He... I mean, the the whole joke has always been that he just throws picks late in games. It's a drive where he comes up short. It, he, I don't, I don't see the okay, so, qualities that but, everybody loves right. about. Phil when Rivers. I when I say he's not going to throw the game away, I don't mean like the the classic Peyton Manning throw the game away. I'm talking like Nick Falk throw the game away. If you if you are competitive in the game, he will give you a chance to win. I didn't say he was always going to be the type of guy to like drive down the field and score when it counts. Because he's never that guy. <laughs> like Matt Ryan will give you a chance to win. Matthew Stafford will give you a chance to win. Ryan Fitzpatrick will give you a chance to win. Ryan Fitzpatrick also throws a lot of interceptions. Jameis right. Winston will not give you a chance to win. Blake Bortles will not give you a chance to win. The jury's still out on Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, all those quarterbacks in the NFC East that are going to be taken over long-term. Um, I think Rivers is a worthy quarterback. I think he's still a legitimate starting quarterback. I think Indianapolis has players on both sides of the ball. I like Frank Reich. I might be wrong on him, though, because I was impressed with his first year and unimpressed with his second year as head coach of the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm not going to put the Colts in third. I have nothing – I hold nothing against Frank Reich, especially for – pretty much I don't really hold anything against them for what happened last year at all. Because if you get that that notification from Andrew Luck three months earlier, that's a completely different team than it was last year. Right. You're able You're able to build a team. And they went into last offseason – was it last offseason they went in with like $100-plus million in, in cap space? I think it was so they, like this year too. Yeah, they've had a ton of money. So they have the ability to spend. So I'm not going to throw it on Reich for a season last year. But you're right. There are some players there that are interesting. Darius Leonard, who I believe won Defensive Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. was a couple yep. years ago. Um, Malik Cooker has been pretty decent. Xavier Rhodes is now there. That's interesting. Um, and Rocky Asin, who they drafted this year. So it's like they have they have some players. I see you. <laughs> I love you making faces at random no, 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 oh, okay. no! It's because I'm, I'm trying to find the other basketball game, and they have the replays of the games last night, and I'm looking at the TV, and I'm like, oh, that that actually looks like last night's game. That's yeah, I wasn't making the faces at the player names. I was like making faces at random rookies. Yeah, do I know the name of like I said the backup long snapper on the Indianapolis Colts? Like my Chargers friend knows the third string gunner on the San Diego Chargers or the Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers. No, I'm sorry. I don't. But as far as their, their top end players, their top end talent with the addition of Phillip Rivers, I think that they're going to be in contention for a spot in their division higher than third. Do you want I to? S- so I still just don't think their offense is good enough. I think their defense is pretty decent, but I don't think their offense is good enough. I think the reason that this team, that my my team is going to finish in third 
is because they're a disaster. Oh, no. It's the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bill O'Brien just trading away DeAndre Hopkins. Well, he got Brandon Cooks, and he also acquired David Johnson. Mm-hmm. So if he's coaching this team back in 2016, 2015, <laughs> like, yeah. It's looking real good. Looking real good. This is 2020, Bill. And your quarterback has one year left on his deal. And he is the only reason that you still have a job. Do not make him the only reason that you don't have a job. Because if he walks, you're done. And I'm walking if I'm Deshaun Watson, if I don't win the division and make it to the conference championship game this year. And I think that whole operation is going to come falling down. I have the Texans finishing in third place. I could definitely see that. And I I completely agree. Bill O'Brien has done... Uh... he's done some not so good things uh in houston uh trading deandre hopkins being probably the the primary example of uh just buffoonery he's an idiot and do you you know the reason why he traded him right do you remember Uh, the reason why i don't remember off the top of my head what was it too many women oh that's right too many baby mamas right and he's concerned because uh, tight end that he coached in New England had similar off the field dilemmas with multiple partners or women mm. or whatever. And I guess that means he's afraid that he's going to shoot three people over the next 18 months and kill them. Yeah. I'm not really sure if that, uh, that all lines up to me. <laughs> no. Bill O'Brien is an idiot. Deshaun Watson in my mind is a borderline top five quarterback in the league. I would agree. Um, they will keep him only because they will franchise him. What if he doesn't report? Well, now we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll, I'll keep it. All right. Well, to the season. We'll keep yeah. it back to the season. Yeah. They're, they're worse than they were last year. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a obvious downgrade from what they had last year in uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, David Johnson – has battled injuries, has battled not being as productive just in general as he was before. Mm. Um, Their defense is aging. Uh, J.J. Watt is constantly hurt, and he's also old now. Um, When he plays, though, he's still effective. Yes, when he plays, he's still good. Um, And I think he's like a 98 overall in Madden. I don't know how that happened. That's because the same guy who grades him is the same guy who grades Gronk. (laughs) (laughs) They haven't watched football in four years. Right. So, so I think just overall, like, you just don't have enough there um, to make a strong run at the division. And uh, that's why, yeah, they like I said, I, I could see this all coming in a game or two between all these teams and the first, the top three spots in this division. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I, I could I could definitely agree with them so, being right around third. So who do you have finishing in second place then? So, yeah, I have Houston in second. Sorry. You have Houston in second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it's really just Houston and Indianapolis that we have flip-flopped because I've got Indy finishing in second place. I think that Phillip Rivers is is good enough to get them to double-digit wins. And like I said, I could see Houston just totally falling apart. Mm-hmm. You know, this could be one of those years where it's like Deshaun Watson's looking around and he says to himself, we're 0-6 or we're 2-4. We're still in the middle of this COVID thing. I'm going to be a free agent next year. I'm out. 
Because, I mean, I'm sure he could walk away and still be able to gain his, his free agency. Like, again, they may franchise him, but now we're talking about next year. But I could right. see something like that happening. Could see it. Not mm-hmm. saying it will, but potential. Um, and in Indianapolis, I just think that you have enough professionalism to figure out how to win at least 10 games. Um, and I think that actually gets them into the playoffs as well as a wild card team. Wow. Yep. You have two playoff teams coming out of the South? I do. I do have two playoff teams coming out of the South. I don't think that Tennessee is going to be as good as they were in the playoffs last year, but I do think they're going to win the division. Um, I think they're satisfied with Ryan Tannehill, at quarterback. Obviously, they're satisfied with him. They just gave him $30 a year. (laughs) Uh, Derrick Henry, I'm kind of up and down on him because I think that he's the perfect example of overrating the running back position, but when he's also throwing touchdowns against Baltimore, like I'll give the guy the credit. (laughs) Like he's a pretty good player, (laughs) like football player there. And then uh, defense, solid defense. But the number one reason I'm, I'm rooting for Tennessee, not rooting for Tennessee, but choosing Tennessee, Mike Vrabel. I just, I can't get enough of Mike Vrabel. Mm -hmm. Future Patriots coach. I'm telling you, he's going to be the coach in new England when Belichick is done. He's going to, he will stay in Tennessee achieve as much as he can in Tennessee and then they'll work something out. That'd be pretty awesome. Not to lie, I haven't even thought about that even a little bit. Never thought about that? No, I've always tried to look at like who's still here and who will take over after. I've never thought about Vrabel. No, I could definitely see it being Vrabel. I could see That's... him, you know, doing five years, six years in Tennessee. Belichick does another three or so. McDaniels is probably going to leave before that. Steve will probably be on another team. Cause I, I mean, if Steve Belichick ends up being the head coach, he's not going to be the head coach in his thirties. Could be. I think they would want him. I think Bill would want him to be on his own elsewhere. Like the Shanahan's had to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Go be the defensive coordinator in, I don't know, New York. If he's got a good relationship with the Maris still. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I could certainly see Tennessee winning the division again. I mean, probably hovering around 10, 11 wins again. Um, I'm not sure. So do they play the AFC North this year? The AFC North, they'll play the, um, they will play. I have the schedule right here. They will play. Ravens, Browns. So yeah, the AFC North. Yeah, yeah, they have them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a favorable matchup. They can get a lot of wins in that division. I think the AFC South is probably the second strongest division in the conference. So yeah, I'm going to say the two playoff teams come from that division. Ooh. Again, big, by the way, big again. praise for the South. Yeah, they have just they have a lot of talent. Um, I don't. No, I'm not necessarily a believer in Ryan Tannehill. Um, and as we saw last year, they found a way to limit him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's what you, you kind of need to do again this year. I don't have them winning the division. Just, I mean, I, sorry, I have them winning the division, but it's going to be tougher, I think, this year. Um, 100%. Because of, I mean, everybody knows what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're running the ball. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now another year of it, this is what happens. Second years of offensive game plans. 
starts to get a little bit easier to key on everything. Um, their defense stacked with talent again. Um, I, I don't, I'm not as high on the AFC South as you. I, st- I only see one team coming out of this division as well. Um, and I think they'll probably all finish, like I said, the top three seeds will all finish right around that nine and seven, eight and eight window. Oh, so you don't even give Tennessee a shot at winning 10 games. I, I can see like a nine and seven, 10 and six, maybe. I don't know. They finished, they finished nine and seven last year. I, I just don't see a huge jump from, from last year, this year. Are they better or worse than they were last year? Like better or worse than they were last year. And I would year. almost phrase it, is the division better or worse than it was last year? I think the division overall is a little worse. Because I think, I think Houston got worse. I think Indy for sure got worse. Indy got a little better. And Jacksonville got worse. So I think overall it got a little worse. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that at the end of the year you had Tennessee – at the top, then you had Houston and Indianapolis, and then you had Jacksonville at the bottom. Jacksonville got worse. Tennessee probably got a little bit better. Houston probably got a little bit worse, and Indianapolis got a little bit better. So you flip the two in the middle, and then the two on the or the one on the top and the one on the bottom got better and worse. So they distanced themselves a little bit more. That's why I think that Tennessee will finish with you know eleven wins, ten wins but Indianapolis is going to be right there. And then Houston's going to fall apart. Agreed. The hell are you supposed to be? I'm vengeance. All right, what questions do you have? Because as we've already established, I'm a very, very big Batman fan. Uh, When I grew up i grew up on this this cartoon called batman the animated series came out in 1992 but i watched it as a child in like the late 90s and the early 2000s on reruns of like cartoon network and then that was also when like the tim burton movie came out like the one with michael keaton and Mm -hmm. david devito jack nicholson and then the um joel schumacher films came out after that batman forever which is val kilmore as bruce wayne and introduced Chris O'Donnell as Robin, who generally is a character that's about 12 years old, 13 years old, <laughs> uh, was a 35-year-old man. <laughs> and then uh, the glorious Batman and Robin was released in the year 1997, which killed the Batman franchise until Christopher Nolan was able to resurrect it in 2005 with Batman Begins. We were blessed with a three-movie trilogy that took place in its own universe, and then Zack Snyder got his hands on the Batman character, cast Ben Affleck, who I thought has, did a pretty good job, but had horrible writing, horrible plot development, and once again forces us into a Batman relaunch, and that's what we're getting with the Batman, whose trailer was released this past weekend. What were your original thoughts when you, uh, when you first saw the trailer? Um, so I'm not a huge DC guy in general. Um, I've seen four of the Batman movies, um, the Nolan three and the Jack Nicholson Batman. Oh, so you haven't seen Batman returns. So I have not seen the new one yet. No, no Batman returns came out in 92. 
Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Favorite Christmas movie. I was, time. yeah, I was Batman thinking of Returns. the Affleck one. I haven't seen that one yet either. You're not missing um, anything. Yeah. Um, so those, those are the ones that I've seen. Um, loved, loved the Nolan trilogy. I think, mm-hmm. I think Dark Knight and, uh, yeah, I think, I think Dark Knight and Dark Knight Returns. Is that, was that the name of that movie? Rises. 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 Yeah. I think those two are probably my favorite superhero movies just in general mm-hmm. um i thought everything about those movies were great um this this trailer looked very interesting it looked like and again i haven't seen the affleck affleck remake or the affleck version whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. but this Bat-flex. looked call it bat fleck bat fleck um yeah i've never saw the, the bat fleck version um but it, this looked like it is at least closer to the Nolan trilogy in terms of, I don't know. It just looks like I'll take it more seriously. I, I, yeah. I, just, I, I don't know. I just can't take Batfleck seriously. Well, well, here's the thing. You don't have an alien from another planet flying around in the sky, toppling an entire city. Mm-hmm. You didn't see Man of Steel, right? Uh, no. Okay, yeah. So uh, the, the, all the problems with the DC Universe start in Man of Steel – which is a movie that I actually enjoy, but most people don't. Uh, it, it was just flawed. The, the character development was flawed, and it set itself up across the universe for a lot of failure. Saying that it's going to be similar to the Nolan movies, I think is 100% correct, because the Nolan movies were built among realism. Mm-hmm. You can have a Superman in the Nolan universe. Right. You know, the, the closest you got to a superpower would have been someone like uh, Scarecrow using his fear toxin to induce nightmares into people. Like, that's the closest you're getting to a superpower in any of those mm-hmm. movies. And even that is obviously manufactured. With this movie, with this universe, and it's all speculation, we had two minute, two, two and a half minute trailer that showed us a lot. You know, we saw the bruce wayne character we saw bruce wayne as batman we saw the suit uh we saw a glimpse of commissioner gordon who is uh one of the best characters in the batman mythos that the harley quinn show i think got absolutely right so again if anybody ever happens to watch the (laughs) harley quinn show watch it for jim gordon that is the most realistic version of jim gordon out there i am convinced 100 percent as the number one spokesperson for that show. He's a raging alcoholic, <laughs> which is exactly what the commissioner of Gotham City would be in real life. Right. Batman existed. A raging alcoholic. <laughs> yes. So. Um, no, I just thought, I just like really was interested in this trailer and there hasn't been, there hasn't really been a DC movie that's interested me like this in a while. Oh, you weren't and, interested in, in Shazam? And, or, shockingly, no. Or Birds of Prey in the fabulous tambulous emancipation of one harleen quinzel or whatever that title was wonder woman was pretty good wonder woman i did hear was good um she, t- yeah there just hasn't been that much that's interesting to me i okay. wish i wish justice justice league was good i mean not justice league no justice league justice was league. bad justice league Justice League yep. was bad. You could wish it was good. Suicide Squad was bad. You could wish that was good. Yes. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice was bad. You could wish that was good. The, 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 the best thing about this, though, is it's, on its, it's in its own universe. So the DC universe, this is, this is where things are going to get really nerdy. 
has 52 different Earths, which means 52 different universes where mm-hmm. things happen simultaneously. So if we lived on Earth Prime, Earth One, we would still have ourselves like there would be an earth one nick mar there would be an earth one mike masala but it may be that my earth one version is homeless and your earth one version could be a multi-billionaire so the characters still exist but they're not the same characters Mm -hmm. so this batman is going to be taking place on a different universe and it's been reported, uh, possible spoilers, it's all based off of speculation at this point, though, obviously. It's been reported this universe doesn't have a Joker. And in the trailer, we see a group of gangsters, thugs with Joker makeup. Mm. So I'm thinking that this is going to be more of the the Joker is an idea. The Joker is more of a, a, like theme, a concept. A concept pure anarchy and not an actual person mm-hmm. i think the only actual person that we are going to get that appeared to be teased at the end as far as villains that people will recognize from the batman universe good old jim carrey riddler yeah that's that's kind of the sense i got of the i think there was was there There's like a, an overarching... Um... There is a question mark. So when they released the date of the movie right. for 2021, the twos were written as question marks, and then they mm. developed into twos. Right. I think watching it the first time, was it the narrator or was it Batman reading something, saying, and like it sounded like a riddle almost. At the me. end, yeah. Right. Um, so that, that was... That was interesting to me. And also, um, as you mentioned, that scene with everybody with the, the Joker paint um, of Batman just wailing on that. Guy. Right. <laughs> um, Breaking his fucking arm on screen, like hearing the bone cracks. So yeah. Know, like go through the skin or anything. This is going to be a brutal Batman. Yeah. This this is is not, is, I'm yeah. here for that. Yeah. And that's, that is Batman as a character. It's funny. You know, uh, I saw on Twitter somebody posted like, here's Bruce Wayne a billionaire playboy who's uh, traumatized by the murder of his parents in front of his eyes, you know, as as a 10 year old child inherits billions of dollars, continues to make billions of dollars, runs a very successful company. And instead of just like using that money towards like education reform or like universal healthcare or or, like some social program to help Mm -hmm. the city. He just beats the shit out of people who break the law, like sends them to the (laughs) hospital and jail. Like, Oh yeah, I could use my money for direct good to help out the communities. Or I could use the money to buy airplanes and make bat suits and just cripple the, the, the corrupt. (laughs) Like, but again, it's like, it's a comic book character. You have fun with it and you, escape yourself and you allow you you allow yourself to escape reality um question about yes robert pattinson okay what were your original thoughts when it got announced and have they changed to this day with uh, the release of the trailer uh original thoughts were oh that's interesting then i found out very quickly he did a movie with uh willem dafoe mm-hmm. was it the lighthouse my only exposure to Robert Pattinson was in Harry Potter. I never watched mm. the Twilight movies. Um, 
so I didn't know him in anything else. I didn't know him as this like teen heartthrob. And from what I had heard from other people, his roles that he had in more serious movies, he was able to perform them very, very well. Right. You know, I think that the, whenever you cast a character like Batman, or even if you cast a character like the Joker, you're always going to get a lot of pushback from the traditionalists. Batman traditionally is a character that's like six foot two, six foot three, 225 pounds, like built like a truck, black hair, blue eyes. This is a younger Batman. And that's been confirmed. This is like a year two Batman who's just starting to establish himself as the, the you know, the caped crusader, masked vigilante, the, the Gotham's protector. And you're going to notice he's probably going to make a lot of mistakes. Like that's probably going to be this version of Batman. The Batfleck mm-hmm. that we had was a more experienced Batman. The Christopher Nolan Batman that we had was a, kind of a mix between the two. I mean, he was trying things out for the first time and you could see some of the flaws, but then it seemed as though he figured things out pretty quickly. This is going to be more of a, a murder mystery detective type story where there's probably going to be a lot of twists. Again, if you're not a superhero fan or a comic book movie fan, I think this is going to be one of those movies that you're going to have to want to watch because it's going to transcend that genre and become way more than that. Right. And that's, that's kind of what I think of when I think of at least the two dark nights anyway, where I don't really, I don't really even associate those as like superhero movies in my mind. Cause this was before I was like, big into uh, superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched those before that and that was like, I fell in love with those movies. So t- to me, they're, they're like, they're action movies, they're dramas. They're, it's, it's more stuff like that. than I don't, I don't want to like pigeonhole it as superhero. It has so right. much more than just that. And I think a lot of people see that as a negative when it doesn't really have to be, even if you are looking at the uh, terrible mistakes that DC has made over <laughs> and over and over and over. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. It's it's kind of a shame. The the nice thing about Batman, though, is he's such a diverse character, not in terms of, like, diversity. Mm-hmm. Like, essentially, Bruce Wayne's been Batman for 90 years. Um, or 80 years. But he's a diverse character because the the character's been written in so many ways. Like, in the 1960s, a lot of the appearances were very campy. It was, like, comedy, almost. They right. had that show on ABC that people loved with, uh, you know, Adam West and Burt Ward and Cesar Romero and, and all those guys. Um, and then you kind of transition and you move into the 70s and the 80s. The character gets a little bit more dark and grim. And then through the 90s and 2000s, that's all anybody has ever known Batman as is this dark, grim, brooding, miserable character that went through that tragedy and is just taking it out on everybody else. That's the Batman that people want, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily the DC movie that everybody wants. Right. Exactly. That's the thing. And like, I go back and forth on this because I've been such a big Marvel fan is like, they had the opportunity. DC had an opportunity to make something work with the justice league or suicide squad, the same way that the Avengers had the opportunity to do that. But what the way DC went about it of kind of, I mean, they didn't really have like their own standalone movies. Each of like them. They, yeah. They like rushed into it. They right. said Marvel's 10 years ahead of us. We have to catch up with two movies in, in, in two years, what they were able to accomplish with like eight movies in 10 years. Right. If you, if you built up 
and did things not exactly the same, but at least similar, um, where you put out these these first installments and then you maybe cross over a character or two. Like that could have been such a a better decision. And like I didn't I didn't hate Suicide Squad like a lot of people did. Oh, you didn't? I didn't hate it. I didn't I didn't hate it. But I didn't like it. <laughs> That's just a bad movie. That's not a bad comic book movie. It's a bad movie. Right. I, I, I didn't like it at all. But it I was, thought there were, there were things in the movie that could have gone better. Yes. It was false marketing. It was like we talked about a couple of episodes ago where you're going into something thinking it's going to be better than it is because it's led you in that direction or there are like fan theories that are out there. And then you watch the movie and you're disappointed because you're like, huh, that was a bit of a letdown. That's that's Suicide Squad. What they did for Suicide Squad was a tragedy. And what they did for Justice League was a tragedy. Now what they're doing with Justice League is they're re-releasing it in four separate parts on HBO Max as the Snyder Cut, who is the right. original director. Like, you, you were 100% right at the beginning of this conversation saying that you're not into DC, you're more into Marvel. Marvel does things right. Disney does things right. DC's running around like a chicken with their head cut off. But as long as they produce good movies, like I saw Joker, I thought Joker was a good movie. Is it incredibly rewatchable? Not really, but it's a conversation starter. Like it's mm-hmm. a movie to talk about. That's the type of movies DC's good at. Right. But not every character is like that. You can show some color. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's sunny outside. Not everything has to happen at night. No, everything is... Um happening at night with seam vents going up and uh, just a barely enough cover from a, a street light that it goes out just when you, when you don't want it to. And that goes back on and somebody's yeah. there. But needless to say, if I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to the Batman. Uh, don't know exactly when it's being released, but it should be coming in, in 2021 when movie theaters maybe open up again. Maybe. And I want to end this, this conversation with one tweet from uh that, that I saw on my timeline this morning after seeing <laughs> that trailer from uh, one Dragonfly Jones, who I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Um, but uh, he is a incredible follow. He tweets way too often. But uh, he said, <clears throat> I only have one request for all new Batman movies. Please, man, no more cutaways to that little weak-ass Great Depression revolver firing the shots of <laughs> Bruce's parents, followed by a cutaway of Bruce's mom Bruce's mama's pearls falling to the ground. <laughs> yeah. We don't need it. <laughs> I've Listen, I've, as a comic book fan, I've heard that many a time. Many a time. We don't need it. Between that and... <laughs> are you, have you ever seen Teen Titans? Like the show? Mm, yeah. So Teen Titans Go, I guess, had a movie. Yeah. And this, he also retweeted, <laughs> retweeted this scene from that movie. And I guess... In that movie, they um, they remove they do stuff they take away all the bad things that made like all the superheroes happen. So like there were no superheroes in their yep. universe. Um, <laughs> but then everything went wrong, so they had to go back and fix it. And there's just this scene, and I know nobody's gonna be able to like hear this, but it's just like <laughs> they run, they run into a little kid walking with <laughs> walking with their parents, put pearls on the mom, and shove them away. No. You just see flashes of light, and then Batman gets added back to the cover of a. <laughs> That's hysterical. Good on them. That's some shit you don't need to see anymore. That's a good one. 
All right, Mike. Well, we've come to the end of another episode, but before we uh, before we conclude things, I'd like to know what it is that you're looking forward to this week, uh, for the rest of the week at least. What is it that you're looking forward to? What's your final blow? Ooh, my final blow. Finishing mm-hmm. another Netflix show. <laughs> Finishing another Netflix show. Finishing another Netflix show. All right. Because I've just nonstop been just grinding through these shows on here. Like if I'm at home on a weekend and that's all, like I have nothing else to do cause I can't leave or do anything. Cause we're still on like somewhat kind of lockdown. Right. Um, I've just been grinding through shows. 13 reasons why was a show that was a book that I was supposed to read. I <laughs> supposed to read <laughs> for yeah, school for summer reading. Um, have you ever seen the show? No. Or the book? Uh, okay. Um, quick synopsis. Uh, again, spoilers for for anybody. Uh, this is a very very intense show. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, violence, drug use, uh, sexual assault, um, uh, suicide. There's like a ton of stuff, and uh, we were supposed to read that in eighth grade, <laughs> hmm. um, which is definitely a, probably a little maybe a little too early for you to supposed to read that. Um, but they made a TV show about it, and uh, I've been watching that, and I have a couple episodes left that I'm just about to finish. Um, the series actually wasn't that bad. Okay. For as much shit I want as I wanted to give it for um, the beginning of making me read um, these traumatic events in eighth grade, um, as I did read a couple chapters, and I was like, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> and... Um, the show, I always say, like, if a show can get you to experience some type of emotion, like, they did its job. Right. And uh, this last season, the last few episodes have definitely definitely tugged at the heartstrings a bit. So, uh, good on them. And I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing up and starting another show next week. We get a new Madden coming out on Friday. <laughs> Madden, Madden video game that I've been waiting two years to come up because I didn't purchase the last year. And uh, I'm still very, very interested in trying to establish a 32-team connected franchise. I think that would be the most hopeful of events to take place. I think you probably (laughs) need to do it within like an actual work environment where you're actually able to spend time in in front of like a TV over the course of like days Mm -hmm. and schedule things out. But I don't know. Fingers crossed. I'm hopeful that that happens when I play this year's Madden. It's definitely but we'll a never possibility. Know. Um, I, uh, I saw people playing it already on PlayStation. I don't know how that's possible. Early access, I think, becomes available five days before release. So I guess that would be today or tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw some clips of people playing it. Um, so I immediately went on my Xbox and made sure I had it pre-downloaded and pre-ordered and everything. Yep. So it's already it's already there. So I'm debating whether or not to do digital or physical. I love physical copies, but I also hate waiting for it to download. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's the world we live in, unfortunately. Yeah. Why would they do that? What? Well, it gives me an excuse to go outside, though. Right, but like, why would the gaming industry like why it doesn't? It's not really faster. Because no, that was their no. whole thing: is that that like, oh, you don't have to spend all this time at wait at loading screens. Like this is this is gonna be great. Like now you don't have to do all this stuff, and you can just seamlessly go in from from 
scene to scene or from, from nope. your main menu to the game. Like, no, that still doesn't happen. I, I just, I just want to be able to put in my game here, um, here, like random 2006 rock songs, mm-hmm. play, uh, the mm-hmm. mini camp games and coffin, coffin corner and stuff like that. Yep. I was a beast at the, uh, the running back drill. Oh, that was the best one. Yes. That was good. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Uh, as always, we want to thank the listeners for tuning in. I'm available at NickMara94 on Twitter and Instagram. Mike, where can the listeners reach you? You can find me on Twitter at Mike underscore Masala. If you don't know how to spell it by now, you'll never learn. On Instagram <laughs> at Mike Masala NFL. You guys, always be sure to check out the Moving the Goal Post social media as well on Twitter and Instagram at Moving the Posts. Mike, till next time. Later, brother. Peace.